You're listening to Between Us, a conversation series brought to you by The Manifesto. I'm Michael Chernow, uh, co-founder of The Meatball Shop and uh, owner of Seymour's Restaurant in New York City. My name is Misha Louie. I'm from Los Angeles. I moved to New York when I was 18 and uh, I'm a partner at Decon and Matsville. as a person, honestly, what I think about is not Misha, who is a partner at Decon. I think about Misha, who takes like unbelievable photographs of randos, random people that he meets on his travels across the world. Like that's what I, literally that's what I think about when, um, when I, when I, when I, if I were to close my eyes and think of, I like, I think about your crazy boisterous personality out in like the desert somewhere, um, meeting somebody like that you would never think would be open to taking a, allowing you to take a photograph of. And somehow you're able to convince this individual to like give you the most expressive face ever and you catch the shot perfect. That's what I think about when I think of you. Between Us is supported by Berklee College of Music, the world's premier learning lab for our music artists of tomorrow. When you travel, I know you travel a lot, and I know you like to travel alone a lot. Right. And uh, I know that when I travel specifically, all I want to do is dig into culture. I want to know what they're eating, what music they're playing, what music they're listening to, where they're hanging out. I want to. I really want to sink my teeth into that. Culture is like humanity is born, and and things impose themselves on humanity. Right. History imposes themselves on humanity. Religion, food, different temperatures that create, you know, certain spices. Um, language, and, uh, different ways of holding your face, um, different ways of communication, different ways of openness, and it's like, yeah, I think culture is, is the way that history imposes itself on a blank slated human. And it's odd that like France and Germany can have complete different cultures, but they're, you know, a 25 minute flight away from each other. When you think of culture in New York, what's your thought? Because it's totally different, I think right? Culture in New York is is more about it's very it's very it's all about posturing. You know, culture in New York is all about who you know. At least my world, you know, who you know and 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 uh, your connection to them and what you've done and what your what your your pedigree is. Culture in New York now is is people coming here to sort of make it, um, and so it's losing that 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 sort of pedigree culture but when I think about it you know I look at um, the sort of grassroots basic rudimentary foundation of what culture is Um, for me it starts with strangely music and food you know when you hear um, Latin music or you hear African music it creates a feeling inside of you right right and you immediately go to that place 
I mean, culture to me is 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 what describes a society, really. What describes a uh, a group of people. And so when I think when I think of your business and what you guys do, um, you guys are sort of culture masters in the sense that you are able to work with a client, um, really do an analysis of who they are and what they're about, and then sort of highlight and try to blossom or blossom um, their culture through a potential 90 second piece. Is that what drew you into the line of work that you're in? When it comes to brands and culture, we try to be forward thinking. We try not to be myopic about it either, um, but at the same time, I think if we're not doing non-brand work and actually continuing to be part of the culture and growing ourselves um, within the culture, separated from, from any kind of 90 second form of advertising or you know content piece, um, we remain relevant. How do you convince a brand that like staying in the mainstream is not, is not necessarily efficient? Right. I mean, it's hard. It's hard because if, if you don't have that opportunity to convince brands and if you do convince brands, I think it's less about brands saying like, that they don't want cool. It's brands saying that they want cool, but their definition of cool gets watered down because there's so many layers, right? So there's, there's, always, a, there's always someone that goes rogue in there that looks for like, you know, exploding in many, many, many different facets and they want cool. And so that rogue person will go off and push for this person and push for this plan and push for this... Uh, is activation or whatever you want to call it but then it gets watered down because of a definition of what cool is right so everyone puts their stamp on it and it becomes you know kind of middle America cool and it's easier on like a, a, a myopic sort of microcosm level if you look at like branded content mm-hmm. you know it's focused on where the product is and how the product is highlighted and and you know people call bullshit on that stuff right People just want to be entertained. They want to watch something for two minutes. You know, they know what brands involved. They know what brands behind it. You know, you watch some some of the big brands' content. The content that's doing it right, their brands not even mentioned. You know, and and that's that's where they, where you stay relevant and cool is when you forget like the the, the big stuff. It's more about keeping the uh, uh, the baseline of what you originally sold, which was which is this cool film that keeps people engaged. And, and, and is shareable, right? Because it's watchable. It's about telling a story that's interesting and relating to those people. And I think we try really, really, really hard to push for something that, that isn't brand focused, that isn't brand heavy, that just creates that, that it doesn't create an immediate ROI. Every kid in our office, they don't watch TV, you know, and they, they watch brand stuff all the time, but they watch the brand stuff that's not heavily branded. There was some brand stuff that's interesting and that has access, you know, that shows windows into people's souls that they're fans of. And and the people running brands are, it's not like they're, there's so many different cultural touch points they have to go after, right? So like I'm talking about the big brands, you know, they, they can't just speak to the urban community. And the urban community, you know, is is, is not just hip hop, it's street art, it's, it's fashion, it's, um, it's, it's music, obviously. But, you know, they also have to hit general markets where they make money. But, you know, they're realizing more and more that there's, especially with the youth, there's like um, cachet with, ident- with identifying themselves with, with certain, I guess what they call influencers or celebrities uh, that'll propel their brand. 
you know, it's just about doing it right. I think there's only a few brands that are learning how to do it right. I think Red Bull is a good example of that. Like they're doing it right without imposing themselves on uh, on, on on the celebrities or the influencers, and they're letting them do their thing while while they're repping the brands. Once they see a long term long term ROI, everyone will catch up. Between Us is supported by WeTransfer, the easiest way to send large files for all creatives. WeTransfer uses its wallpaper background to support creative talent, and you can learn more at www.wetransfer.com. What, what influences you as a human, and how do you bring that into your work? Curiosity, I think, is my biggest thing. Like I, I've only had you know, my experiences, right? So my, you know, I, I have this tattoo, like right here on one of these sides, it's like, you know, 2,700 Sundays left. And it's like, it's my way of, of thinking that life is short, right? It's my, I, I think it's a non-cheesy tattoo, maybe it is. But it's like, you know, life is so short. And so to think the number, and I always count things in Mondays and Sundays. So to think about the number of, of conscious Mondays that I lived, you know, it's not that many. So I've, I've only had a finite amount of, of experiences. But if I'm able to tap into the experiences that you've had or tap into Michelle's experiences or my business partners or, you know what, a random person that I meet on the street or I go to the deli and I spend an extra 30 minutes talking to that person, like that's where I grow or that's where I learn, you know. And, and I mean, I think there's just little nuggets of wisdom that people can drop on you that that you'll never get if you don't try and seek it, you know? That allows me to understand a lot more about the world, a lot more about myself, a lot more about experiences that I didn't have or I won't have when, when we get into sort of creation and shooting and, and um, you know, in, in, on the conveyor belt, um, on the creative conveyor belt, it, it, all those experiences are always in the back of my mind sort of sub subconsciously. You know, which is exactly why I like exper experiencing and, and um, investigating other cultures. We've been through a lot, you know, we've been through many incarnations of ourselves and many, um, many negative experiences, many positive experiences many heavy experiences, many, you know, sort of um, uh, uncomfortable experiences. And, you know, as I watch him, you know, kind of blossom, um, for me, it's, it's definitely, it, it, it's an inspiration. It's something that comes up in conversation consistently. And I think we, you know, we've known each other for about a year. And, you know, the past is something that that comes up a lot in the past kind of, for me is like a crystal ball into, you know, what I should do and what, you know, I come to him with, you know, we come to each other with a lot of sort of life questions and, mm -hmm. and that's kind of rare in New York, you know, where you, where you have, um, you know, philosophical conversations about, um, you know, what, what, what the next step should be, you know, we're, we're actually having, real deep conversations about that have to do with our past because our pasts are so similar we can learn from those 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 mistakes or those you know those missteps that 
are so positive in my mind because they're, they, they, they made me who I, I am today. A lot of creative people actually are so scared because the feelings and the emotions are so intense. Um, like if somebody were to get mad at you and you're just a regular person, you might receive that, feel upset and like, you know, go off. But as a creative person, if somebody gets mad at you, you like, it intensifies and it's so, and you internalize it and you make it about like a million other things and it's, it's just this explosion of feeling and emotion. And that's why a lot of creative people go straight to escape. We met in AA and we, 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 we've both been through fucking hell and back. And Misha and I have a connection over that. And because of that connection, we've been able to, to, to vibe on like everything else that we do because we're both insanely passionate, driven maniacs that happen to work really well in our in our in our you know in our fields and uh, and so now that there's this opportunity to like do it with a clear head and do it with a clear mind and be able to actually analyze situations and not necessarily make insanely quick decisions actually be able to look at each other and say yo dude I'm going through this you know what's your thoughts on this and it's not like a clouded fucking mess of a mess of, of, of a situation that you're gonna have to wake up the next day and have to call everybody and apologize about like you flipping out in an office right so like we have a connection over clarity today and we are the same people that we were when we were out there getting fucked up but today we can actually like be who we actually are um, and not run away from it and not hide from it and face it and use each other for friendship and for advice and for guidance together. Mike tells me, and you know, Mike has a little bit more 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 time than I do. I'm just a you know, a baby in this in this world. But what he tells me is, you know, um it's like I've I've lived, you know, twenty years kind of masking myself from feelings and masking myself from um from from real true human human interaction uh, because of, of of my abuse of, of, of certain things. And so now that I've just been kind of brought back out in this world because I've made, you know, a life decision, I lean on, on actually, I mean, you know, talking about stuff we've been through, it's like I, I lean on, 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 on Mike and many other people, but especially Mike to, to guide me and, and because he's, he's been through it and he's been through it successfully when, you know, you were 24 and using it, everyone around you was was getting was getting fucked up, and you were you felt like you were the, the king of the world, and didn't. Um, but meanwhile, you were just embarrassing yourself and abusing yourself. Um, and so now, because I don't have that crutch to lean on anymore, you know, alcohol and or drugs, um, out of choice. Um, you know, I, I I my decisions. Are, brand new to me you know they're they're not irrational they're where they try to be you know not irrational and rational rationally based and so I need somebody that that um, I need somebody that that is a little bit more clear-minded than I am currently at the moment to, to help me get through those things um, you know two months into sobriety I found out that 
I had a, a pretty massive brain tumor that would have, you're staring right at the scar, that would have ended up killing me. And that's why my voice is the way it is, because I have a paralyzed vocal cord, um, because of nerve damage. And, you know, I wouldn't have found out about it if it wasn't because of sobriety. And, you know, the last nine months have been the, the most amazing time of my life. I wake up every single morning so proud of myself. I don't care about any professional success. I don't care about, um, you know, I care about like my family and my relationship with my family, but all that is a, is a result of the past nine months. All of that said, now knowing you as a person and knowing what sort of moves your needle today, um, what bit of advice would you give to anybody listening that has a dream? Really? One piece, dude. Sums it up. I mean, I think my sobriety or not, my biggest thing was, was making noise. You know, making noise and, and being excited about, about what you're doing is the most important thing for me. I don't forget, you know, where I, where I started and how, how quickly I grew. Um, and I'm so proud. I'm like, man, this is like my set. Like, I, wow. And I think, you know, I don't know if it's a generational thing or, um, or maybe I'm just a little bit older. But, you know, I feel like you have to lose that sense of entitlement and... and because having a sense of entitlement is 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 what's going to hold you back, and it's it's based on ego. And you know, I've never had a sense of entitlement. And I think that's what's you know got me this far, and I'm, I'm only just getting started. But if you're not excited and you don't feel proud, you don't feel lucky, um, uh, and you don't feel warm inside about what you're doing, then don't do it. You know, I think that's the, that's the biggest thing. And I, I'm going to walk in right now to my to to, to my company. With, with a sense of awe, you know? And it might not be the same sense of awe when I was interning at MTV, but it's still like, fuck yeah, this is amazing, I'm, I'm lucky, you know? I never in a million years would have thought I'd be in this place. And now I have this whole new life of, of sobriety that's just gonna take me, propel me into, you know, who knows where, you know, career-wise, relationship-wise, and, and, and humanity-wise, so. Listening to Between Us, a conversation series brought to you by The Manifesto. Between Us is supported by Squarespace, a web publishing platform that provides creative tools that power the future of the web. Whether you want to create a blog, e-commerce store or portfolio, you can express your ideas with Squarespace. Learn more at www.squarespace.com. This podcast was brought to you by Boomchakalaka Productions.